Combat Sports fans, welcome in to another great edition of Strong Style, Impact Media's weekly dive off the top rope into the world of professional wrestling and mixed martial arts. I'm your host, Jeremy the Impact York. Welcome in. Obviously, we do not normally do shows this late in the week, but my goodness, there has been just stuff everywhere. But everything is good. We are all back on the rails, and we will have today's show to recap last week's action. And we will be back again early week, Monday or Tuesday, to talk about this previous week's action. That is uh, the plan. We will do our best to stick to that. There's, uh, it's, it's just been it's just been a lot of stuff right here at the holidays. You know, things happen. But, as I said, there is lots... And lots to get into. We've got, what, Survivor Series next weekend. They're going to do War Games. I will weigh in on that next week. Uh, but they have all the stuff leading up to it in the last couple of weeks. We will talk about that with WWE. Uh, Bellator had an event last night that we will talk about early week next week. But um, you guys are not going to believe some of the stuff that happened there. The UFC has an event going on later today. Um, as well as uh, we've got full gear to talk about with AEW. Uh, we know when Ring of Honor Final Battle is going to happen now. And um, Impact Wrestling actually had um, Overdrive, I believe yesterday, but I'm going to go ahead and talk about it now. I'm going to go ahead and talk about it today at least. It's not about now, but I'll go ahead and talk about it today. It happened just last night, but I will. Uh, we will talk about that when we get to that part of the show. Now, before we get too far into it, as always, if you would like to contact the show, leave us a question, comment, suggestion, rating, review, you can do so the following ways. You can email us at 3 zone at gmail.com. That is the number three, E-N-D-Z-O-N-E, at gmail.com. You can search for us on Facebook, Impact Media, Strong Style, Jeremy York, any of those you should be able to find us. If you are one of those people, as long as this platform is still available, that likes to just click on a link and listen to a show, and we very much appreciate you all for doing so. You can go to Twitter at Team Impact Media, and you should be able to just scroll down and find the show you are looking for. They all have descriptions and things like that. Just click on it. You can listen to it. Very much appreciated. If you would like to follow myself for show-related things, including all the links and other things that I deem important or fun or just amusing, you can do so by following me at the Impact 99 on Twitter, Triller, TikTok, and Instagram. And, of course, you can always find this show anywhere you find a podcast, including places like the iTunes Store, Spotify, Podcast One, and anywhere else you find a podcast. If there is somewhere you find a podcast that you cannot find us, let us know. We will fix that very, very quickly. We should be anywhere nowadays. But there are still those rare places we're not, so let us know. And then sometimes the link doesn't work. So let us know that too. We can fix it. As I said, 
Lots and lots to get into, so let's dive right in. Let's start with UFC 281. Israel Adesanya defending his middleweight title belt against Alex Pereira, a person that held two previous victories over him, even though they were way back in the day during kickboxing. But I believe one was a knockout. So coming into this, we didn't quite know what to expect. There was a lot of people that were saying, well, that's Israel Adesanya. He's coming in at 23-1. and one. He's one of the most dominant, best middleweight fighters of all time. And I will give you that. Then there's the other people. I found myself in the first camp, by the way. Um, normally, I'm all for the new up-and-comer or the guy that we don't know much about. But in this case, I was like, that's Israel Adesanya. Every time I bet against this guy, it just comes back on me. It doesn't work out. So, in steps the contender, Alex Pereira. Coming in at 6-1-0. and Only had a couple UFC fights. He's only fought a few times since coming over to MMA. But the history definitely helped because uh, he had some pretty good wins. Especially when he recently beat Sean Strickland. That pretty much said, you know what? Sean Strickland is a heavyweight, I mean, is a middleweight contender. You beat a middleweight contender, okay, why not? So they put this match up together. Both of them said kind of the same thing. You know, hey, I think about facing him all the time. And the other one said, hey, I, I think about facing him all the time. And this thing could, could go a number of ways. They both knew that. But in the end, you could say that Israel Adesanya had everything in hand. He was doing everything he normally does. He was basically winning. You could, I don't think he won all four rounds. He was probably up 3-1. We get a couple minutes into round number five. And Alex Pereira goes, you know what? I remember how I beat this guy. I knocked him out. And so, he didn't quite knock him out, but he got him with the punches and uh, the referee had to stop it there. You get the TKO victory via punches. Two minutes and five, or two minutes and one second into round number five. Your new middleweight champion in the UFC, Alex Pereira. Alex Pereira. Good job, Alex Pereira. He did what practically. 15 or so other people could not do, and that was beat Israel Adesanya. And I know what people are already saying. People are already saying, well, now we get the rematch will clearly be next. Not necessarily. And here's why I say not necessarily. Because whenever you get KO'd or TKO'd, you have to get medically cleared to be able to fight again. Plus, Israel may want to take an extended time off. He may want to take an extra month or something just to... Maybe clear the cobwebs, maybe just because he can. We don't know. I haven't heard anything about a rematch yet. If they do, we will talk about it here. But for now, in my opinion, if the UFC were so to indulge and ask my opinion, I would say that um, Alex Barrero should take on somebody else next. And the rematch of Israel can, can be down the road. Maybe... 
Um, I don't know. There's a lot of contenders in middleweight. It, it'd be hard to throw out one without kind of disparaging the others. But that's what I would do. I would I would keep this rematch as a down the road thing if it's going to happen. I see if it's going to happen because we don't know. Maybe the next guy beats Alex. Maybe Alex beats the next guy. We don't know. But I think Israel will get a, a rematch for the title down the road. I don't think it will be the next fight for the middleweight title. But uh, overall, these two, they were they were trading. It's not that Israel was dominating. It was uh, He was having the slight advantage up until then. And if you don't finish fights, ladies and gentlemen, you can get finished. And that's what happened there. His Adesanya was um, not really cruising, but he was on his way to just outpointing Alex Pereira, as he does a lot of his opponents, and Alex found a way to, to reverse that. But good for him. We go next to another title fight. Carla Esparza, who has gotten no respect, by the way. Carla, we respect you here as the women's strawweight champ. We very much respect um, all of your victories and, and your effort and everything like that. Just want to let that be known. She took on Zhang Wei Li for the women's strawweight title. In round number two, a minute into the fight, via rear naked choke, Zhang Weili gets the back of Carla Esparza, and that's the end of that one. I do want to see, do want to see a uh, rematch between these two. Uh, good to see Weili back and doing well. She had a couple hiccup fights. Um, I think the Rose Namajunas and, and things like that. Uh, but the women's strawweight, man, it is it is gangbusters. It is, uh, you got Sparza, you got Rose, you got Zhang Wei Li. Um, you know, you had, you, you just, you have a lot of really, really talented women in that division. And good for Zhang Wei Li. Um, her fight with, um, Gosh, just forgot her. Uh, Jordana. Uh, Jin Che took her. I'm terrible at saying that name, but that fight was what got me back into watching UFC full-time. I've said it a couple times on this show, but if you're new to the show, um, basically when a lot of the shutdown was happening a couple years ago and there wasn't a lot on, the UFC was one of the first to come back, and one of the first fights I saw was... Uh, took Wei Li. And uh, as brutal as that fight was, which was one of the reasons why I ducked out a couple years ago, is uh, this, it, it just, when you saw how technically sound both women were and how great a back-and-forth contest that was, I was hooked. I was back in. And uh, like I said, all the respect in the world to Carla Esparza. Carla, we'd love to have you on the show if you are so inclined to want to join us sometime. Uh, we'd love to have Zhang Weili as well. But to see Weili back on top with the belt, that's that's awesome. I was good with either one of these women winning. Uh, but good for Zhang Weili uh, getting that title back. Up next, in what could this is the best thing when they stack these cards like this is uh, the any of these five fights that I'm going to tell you 
any of these yeah I'll mention the sixth one but any of these five fights from the main card could have been main events on any card except for that the fight after it was slightly bigger you know uh, Pereira Adesanya was by far the biggest Wei Li Esparza was the second biggest the third biggest Dustin Poirier the Diamond versus Michael Chandler Michael Chandler gets not a lot of respect to now not not from the UFC or Bellator or any of those places. He did come over from Bellator, but... And there are some fans that give him the proper respects. And the same with Dustin Poirier. A lot of people say, oh, he got lucky with his fights when he faced McGregor. Uh, McGregor breaks his leg and won. He gets credit for that. Well, he also handily took care of McGregor in another fight. And Poirier seems to always take care of business. The same way Michael Chandler does. We keep... I say we. People in general count out Michael Chandler. He came over from Bellator, has a great record coming over from there. He has done nothing but perform and shine since he's got here. So to see so to see Poirier versus Chandler, this is a dream match. This is these are two guys that whoever wins this in the lightweight bout should get the next boost up. They should get the next boost up uh, to being uh, a lightweight top contender. If they're, I mean, I already consider them lightweight top contenders, but they should be in a title hunt based off the results of this. And what are the results of this? Well, round number one, they go back and forth. They're they're trading shots. They're trying to ultimately get the advantage. Round two, they do the same thing. Going into round three, I don't know. All bets are off. Some people are saying, oh, it's 2 nothing Poirier. Some people are saying, well, it's 2 nothing Chandler. Uh, I kind of had a 1-1. I had a 1-1 going into the last one. And then the diamond, Dustin Poirier, he finds the back of Michael Chandler, gets the rear naked choke. Two minutes into round number three, your winner, the diamond, Dustin Poirier. Once again, all respect to both fighters fantastic that Poirier wins this you know years ago or uh, a little while back Poirier had the opportunity to either go for the title or or to you know to continue to be in in the in the title matches or to face McGregor and he said McGregor is the fight I want because it's the biggest showcase it's the biggest money uh that's I'm going I'm going for the biggest opportunity so now you got to say Dustin Poirier is is got to be considered one of the top two two contenders in the lightweight division. So we will see what they do from there. But uh, another fantastic showing, and that moved us to fight number four: Frankie Edgar versus Chris Gutierrez. In the bantamweight division, once again, these are two top contenders. And uh, this thing was uh, going pretty crazy early on. And I say early on, I mean the first couple minutes of the fight. Because two minutes into the fight, Chris Gutierrez threw a knee that, my goodness, could have probably kicked a field goal on its own if he would have done it from the ground. Uh threw a knee to Frankie Edgar that ended the contest quickly. Just bang. And there it was. 
your winner by TKO, Chris Gutierrez, because of that knee. Wow. Wow. Frankie Edgar, we know. Uh, 23-10-1 coming into this. Uh, he, is, he is just an institution. He knocks out wins. He knocks out people. And then Chris Gutierrez come in, gets his 19th win, moves up the Bantamweight division, and uh, just, I don't know if that was knockout of the night. It should have been. It should, it should have been. <laughs> if it wasn't, I don't know what could have beat it. And then finally, in the main main event, or main, main card, we got to see Dan the Man Hooker. That's not really his nickname that I know of. That's just one I call him. Versus Claudio Puelles. Both of these guys looking to, wouldn't really say rebound, but looking for that extra boost up the card. I mean, not just in the card, but into the division. Both looking to get their next big opportunity. And these two traded out in round one. It's hard to, you couldn't really, it's hard to pick who might have won that. You get into round number two, we get almost all the way to the end of it. Dan the Man Hooker, he threw that kick. Yeah, that the had Chris Gutierrez not followed it with that knee that he threw, Dan Hooker's kick that he threw to Cla- uh, Claudio Puelles was just textbook. It's time to go home. Good night, Irene. Uh, Claudio Puelles uh, is recovering. He's doing good and everything, but the uh, TKO victory goes to Dan the Man Hooker. Other things on the card, real quickly, just going to run over a couple of them. Renato Morcano over Brad Riddell by submission. That uh, that was a, a fun fight early on. It only went barely into about halfway through. The Renika choke about halfway through round number one. You had Ryan Spann with the TKO over Dominic Reyes. Via the, the punch, or punches, so to say. Aaron Blanchfield with the submission over Meatball Molly. It's the first time I've seen Meatball Molly lose. Uh, but she got caught in the Kimura. Molly will rebound, but Aaron Blanchfield at 10-1-0. Molly finally found a butt saw and uh, knows what part of her game she needs to work on now. Molly, we'd love to have you or Aaron on the show. Um, good fight in the flyweight, though. Women's flyweight, good division. Andre Petrosky gets the unanimous decision win over Wellington Terman. It's a cool name, Wellington. I like that. Might use that. Um, Matt Frivola gets the TKO over Otman Azatar. That, of course, was uh, the punch or punches in round number one. Carolina uh, Kowalczyk. I think I'm saying that right. Kowalkovich. Kowalkovich. Okay. Producer Sassy telling me that. We'll go with that. Over Silvana Gomez-Juarez by unanimous decision. Good job, Carolina, on that one. Michael Trezano with the TKO over Sangwoo Choi. That was uh, the punches for that one. Montel Jackson gets unanimous decision over Julio Arce in the Bantamweight division. That was a fun fight to watch. If you, if you missed early on, go back and watch that one. And the curtain jerker, the opening contest, Carlos Ulberg gets the TKO victory over Nikolai Nogamariano. That was with punches as well. As always, they always deliver. So, always, you know, 
if you don't watch them live, try to find highlights, try to watch the replays. UFC throws on a heck of a show. Uh, coming up actually tonight as to when this show will actually drop, we're going to get to see uh, UFC Fight Night Lewis versus Spivak. As it is going to be Derek Lewis versus Sergey Spivak. That should should be a good fight. Uh, Spivak probably has the slight advantage. He is a slight favorite. Minus 210. Plus 175 for Derek Lewis. Um, I don't know. I like both these fighters. If I had to pick one, maybe Spivak by just just a, just a hair. I think they're a lot more even than those numbers are showing you. Uh, Derek Lewis, I believe he's the one that is from Texas. And as long as they don't fight in Texas, he usually does pretty good. Uh, and this one's in the apex. So, you know. Spivak is, is kind of the, the, the up-and-comer, so to say, because he's only fought in 18 contests, where Derek Lewis has been in 36. I think Spivak, by just a hair, this could go all five rounds. I feel like it's not going to, because in the heavyweight division, most of the time, these guys knock each other out. So I'm going to say Spivak in the third, late in the third. Uh, next up on the main card, Kennedy... Nechukwu against Ian Kudalaba. Kudalaba is a name we hear a lot. Kennedy is actually the slight favorite at minus 175, plus 154 Kudalaba. I'm going Kudalaba. I'm more familiar with Kudalaba. Um, Kennedy will probably make me look bad in not picking him, but I will take Kudalaba in this one. In the light heavyweight division, it's going to be fun. Um... This is a heavy, heavy card, by the way, because we've got Chase Sherman against uh, Waldo Cortez Acosta. Chase Sherman, when he is on his game and he is focused and stays laser focused, is one of is is a really good heavyweight contender. But Waldo Cortez Acosta has not lost and is going to look to end this. Early, he is the minus two thirty favorite. Chase Sherman is my is plus one ten. I'm a Chase Sherman fan, but give me Waldo in this one. I don't think it's going to be a lack of focus or anything from Chase. I think he's going to be on his game, but I think Waldo is going to find a way to end this, probably late second, early third. Hey, and if Chase wins, more power to you. And if Chase, if you win and you want to come on here and yell at me about it, come on. Love to have you on. Uh, matchup number four, Andre Fialo at the minus 115 against Muslim Solikov, who is a minus 105. I mean, it's basically a pick em, guys. In the welterweight division, I will take Andre Fialo. I think Muslim Sol- uh, Solikov is a good fighter, but uh, I like the way Fialo fights, and I think he's going to try to end this one late second as well. I just, I think so. I don't think this goes to distance. Uh, and then finally in the main card for the welterweight division, you get Jack Della Madalena against Danny Roberts. Minus 625 for Jack. Danny is a plus 450. Jack is a heavy favorite. He should win this pretty handily, but Danny Roberts is no slouch. I'm taking Jack in this one. I think you should too. If you're going to put money on it, I don't know that I would at minus 625. But um, maybe maybe on an early finish, you could. I, I think this actually goes the distance. But I think Jack is going to win 
at least two rounds to one, if not three to two. Uh, I would not bet straight up on it because minus 625 is an astronomical number. Um, other fights to watch on this card, you got Jennifer Maya versus Marina Moroz. That's going to be a fun fight in the women's flyweight. You've got Vanessa Demopoulos versus Maria Oliveira in the women's strawweight division. That's going to be a fun fight. Um, Brady Highstan against Fernie Garcia in the bantamweight early on. This card is it's as loaded as the last UFC pay-per-view, but you may not know some of the names. You will after tonight. But that will wrap up our MMA coverage. When we come back from a break, we will jump into the world of professional wrestling. And we'll be back after this message from our friends at betonline.net. Hi, this is Jeremy the Impact York from Strong Style, Board Check, and That Sports Show. BetOnline.net is your number one source for all your pro and college football betting needs and sports info this season. Find all the latest football league developments, game matchups, news, including this year's opening games. BetOnline is also your continued source for all your sports wagering information, including live betting, esports, and scores. BetOnline.net is the fastest and easiest way to check in on all your favorite sports and events including MLB, MMA, boxing, and golf. And if you love sports podcasts, you can find those at BetOnline as well. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends and actions. BetOnline, where the game starts. And we're back here on Strong Style. I'm Jeremy the Impact York. If you missed the first part of the show, you can easily go back and listen to it at your convenience uh, we talked a lot of UFC as they had UFC 281. They had uh, UFC Fight Night coming up later tonight as to when this show drops. And um, just a lot of good fights. But for uh, make sure to visit our friends at betonline.net. They've got the articles, the betting lines, the wager lines. They've got podcasts. That, even if you don't bet or can't bet, on contest go there you'll get all kinds of new information things that will help you be a better more educated fan and you'll sound super smart at the water cooler the family reunion the elevator wherever you decide to debate things now let's get into the world of professional wrestling and in order to do so let's let's um Let's jump in. Let's do Impact Wrestling. Impact Wrestling. They just recently had Overdrive, which was just last night in Louisville, Kentucky. Uh, pretty good event for them. This event is going to lead them into their lead them into uh, their January pay per view, the thirteenth, I believe. I, f- I don't recall the name of it. Um. See if we can find. Uh, nope, don't remember what it is, but uh, this will lead them into their January pay-per-view. I believe here in Atlanta, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, 
But let's start by talking about uh, the matches in this, because they had some pretty good matches, you know. Sometimes people say, well, they're kind of heavy, where, where only, you know, only the title matches are good, or only the main event. No, they, they had a pretty solid pay-per-view, I, I have to say. Uh, they opened it up with a big six-way match that included... Rich Swan, Bupender Gujar, Jason Hotch, Kenny King, Mike Bailey, and Yuya Yumura. I'm um, looking for Yuya to make a run here soon. But Rich Swan ends up winning that particular uh, match there. That, that just makes him a, a bigger contender in the X Division, I believe. And he could be a good contender. He's, he's somebody I, I would hope to see in an X, X Division match here soon. Uh, next up, you saw the Motor City Machine Guns, Alex Shelley and Chris Sabin take on the Bullet Club of Ace Austin and Chris Bay. I'll say Ace Austin and Chris Bay have been good additions to uh, the Bullet Club. You know, they've they've both been over to Japan to fight alongside kind of the home base Bullet Club, and um, they kind of they kind of hold up the reputation uh, pretty well. And I think it has helped both their careers to to give them a little more focus and so that more people see them as part of the Bullet Club. But they get defeated by the Motor City Machine Guns, who are just one of the best tag teams on Earth. They really are. They're one of the best tag teams by far. But the Motor City Machine Guns get the win there. It determined the number one contenders for the Impact Tag Team Championships. So now we will see the Motor City Machine Guns uh, face off against the winner of the tag team event. Coming up, um, we'll talk about that now. Heath and Rhino, the tag champions, defeated the major players, otherwise known as Matt Cardona and Brian Myers. Remember, they used to be the Majors brothers before they become uh, before they become um, Zack Ryder and I forgot the other name. But anyway, in WWE, well. Heath and Rhino defeat the major players to retain their tag team championships. So now we're going to see Heath and Rhino versus the Motor City Machine Guns. Sign me up. That's going to be a lot of fun. This is really showcased that Rhino can still more than handle himself in a ring and that Heath is a very underrated performer. And uh, I noticed that a while back in WWE when he was Heath Slater. Because it seemed like anytime a legend or anytime anybody uh, kind of needed somebody to work with in the ring, it seemed to always be Heath Slater that found himself in the ring with them, which is a huge compliment. And uh, I heard straight from Diamond Dallas Page's mouth that, I mean, in person, I was talking to DDP. And he said, he said, oh, the, the guy that, that I love working with anytime I go back to WWE is, is Heath Slater. He said he's so easy and so fun to work with. It's just, it makes it so much fun. That's one of the biggest compliments I think you can hear is that you're so great to work with. But uh, they retain their titles. Like I said, that sets up that tag team match that should be coming up, I would imagine, on the January pay-per-view. I don't think they're doing a pay-per-view in December. But we'll see. They could change your mind. Uh, Bully Ray defeated Moose in a tables match. I'm not the world's biggest fan of these crazy, bloody weapons matches that happen all the time. I mean, I like Sammy Callahan a lot. I know that's kind of his style, but 
Uh, with Bully Ray and Moose, this this was done really well. It's showing that Moose is a bigger talent than previously thought. A lot of people uh, didn't like his title run. A lot of people didn't like the, the kind of what he does now. And, and the fact that he's showing these other sides of his game, showing that he can go to these levels, I very much think this, this helps him. And Bully Ray needed a good solid win in something like that to propel himself because he's the next title contender at the January pay-per-view. But a uh, good solid 10 minutes, good tables match. It, a lot of false finishes, a lot of chances that things could have went one way or the other. And uh, Bully Ray with the win. The Death Dolls, otherwise known as Jessica and Taya Valkyrie with Rosemary, they defended their tag championships against Savannah Evans and Tasha Steeles, which are more of a two-person tandem than they are a tag team. But when you have tag team championships and you don't have that many tag teams, what can you do? But uh, this is a good match because all the people involved, including Rosemary, all five of these ladies are good at what they do. And you got a lot of power stuff. You got a lot of finesse stuff. Uh, just overall, it was a really, really solid match. And uh, good for Jessica and Taya for keeping the belts. Be interesting to see if they put a team together to face them. Because I just, like I said, you're just kind of running out of teams again. And I want them to keep the Knockouts World Championships, Tag Team Championships. But it, it just depends on how many teams you got. Right now, you don't really have that many. Uh, Mickey James defeated Taylor Wilde. This was a career-threatening match. It seems like this is just going to be a Mickey James storyline going forward. Is that if Mickey loses, that she will retire from in-wing competition? Don't know how far that's going to go. Seems like she's on the on the edge of of wanting to be done, but she wants the right person to defeat her. But I don't. Whoever does is, is it's a career-defining moment. I just don't know who you do that to. Like who you? I mean, she wouldn't want Masha Slamovich to be the one to do it, even though Masha's fantastic, and we'll get into her in a minute. Like it? it I mean, does she want Taylor Wilde to be the last because she just beat her? Does she want um, the Virtuoso, Diana Perrazzo? I mean, there, there's got to be somebody that they're going to give that boost to, and I just I don't know who they're going to do it to. Uh, Trey Miguel beat Black Taru in the tournament final for the vacant X Division Championship. So Trey Miguel gets his belt back. Um, remember Mike Bailey was unceremoniously taken out of this tournament uh, by Kenny King. So we will see that little we will see that little um, feud kickoff here soon as well. So it looks like Trey Miguel and Rich Swan could be something you try to put together. That could be a lot of fun. But either way, uh, it was a good solid match. Black Taru, very underrated. He's very good. And uh, kind of knew Trey Miguel was probably going to take it at that point. But good for Black Taru that he's getting these opportunities. Remember, all the Black Taru stuff you see would have been Sammy Guevara. But Sammy decided he did not want to take that opportunity, and he stayed in AEW. This was going to be just a uh, on-loan thing. It was not going to be a permanent impact thing for Sammy. It was just, it was up to him. So Black Taru's made the most of it and done really well.
Um, up next, we got Jordan Grace versus Masha Slamovich for the Impact Knockouts World Championship. This was a last knockout standing match, and for 21 plus minutes, these two ladies opened the gates of hell to each other. They, they, they were just, you name it, and they were trying to use it to clear the other one out. And, you know, it's like this. Jordan Grace very much looks, acts, has the abilities of the part of being world champion. And when I say that, it's if you're in a bar or you're in a restaurant or you're just in a room and Jordan Grace walks in and somebody says, that's a professional wrestler. First thing you're going to think is, I bet she's the champion. She just looks, acts, has the abilities of the part, and she very much is that. But on the other side, Masha looks like a pretty good contender for all that, too. And they spent, what, over a year or so having Masha run over everybody and take out the entire roster, clear the entire roster out, pretty much, only to have Jordan beat her twice now in a row. So you built up an undefeated contender for nothing. For no- I mean, you basically just built up a contender so that Jordan Grace looked like she beat uh, an undefeated contender, which she basically did. Um, Now, I also agree that I don't know that this was the opportunity for Masha to win here, but now what do you do? You don't really have another contender. You don't really have another contender uh, to, to put against her. And what do you do with Masha? Surely you're not going to line them up for a third one. You just did a last knockout standing match. There's just nowhere to go now. So good for Jordan Grace. Glad Masha got the uh, opportunity. Um, Just once again, they keep painting themselves in a corner with their women's division. And I I just don't know. They, They need too bad Maria Canellas is not still around to help iron things out in that division, but somebody needs to step in and, and help them out because they're just kind of, I don't know, just getting themselves in the same rut they were. And then lastly, we get Josh Alexander, who defended his title against Frankie Kazarian. Um, this was part of the Option C title match, where if you're the X Division champion once a year, you can cash it in for a chance at the Impact World Championship. The problem is, is that coming into it, we know Bully Ray wanted to challenge Josh Alexander for the title. So the fact that we built up that Frankie had never won the big one and all that, and and it looked, I mean, I would have loved him to win this. and Maybe they do a a triple threat match. But they didn't. They had Josh Alexander beat Frankie Kazarian, which Josh is good. I'll give you that. But Kazarian's all world, and it's just, it, it bugs me the people that they have Josh Alexander beat the way that they do. Um, and, and I'll just, I'll say this once again, it must be nice when your brother-in-law runs the company that you get to be world champion for a while. I'm pretty sure that's what it is. I'm pretty sure, uh, Scott DeMore and Josh Alexander are brother-in-laws or related some way like that. And, um, I just, it, it makes it to where a lot of main events you, you, you have to force yourself to watch because you don't, you, you just know what's going to happen. And um, I'll be honest, I'll, I'll be cheering for Bully Ray in January. Uh, Frankie Kazarian, I don't know why 
of all the stuff he's ever done, all the stuff he's ever done for this company, that you wouldn't give him a nod here, even controversially have him be champion for 24 hours so that it goes in the books. But it is what it is for that. And they move on to their show in January. Let's move on to, uh, let's see. We know that AEW Full Gear is tonight. So let's go over that card real quickly. Uh, Full Gear is going to happen tonight, as I said, as as we um, record this, or as, as this will get dropped on, on Saturday. From Newark, New Jersey, the Prudential Center. And they've got a loaded card. Let's start and work our way up. We'll get to see Eddie Kingston versus June Akayama. That's going to be a fun match there. People who don't know who Akayama is, I implore you to go YouTube that. Uh, Eddie Kingston is is a fantastic performer as well. Uh, should be a fun match. There is a 10-man tag match. That is the best friends, Orange Cassidy, Trent Beretta, and Chuck Taylor, along with their friends Rocky Romero and Danhausen. We're going to take on the factory of QT Marshall, Aaron Solo, Lee Johnson, Nick Camarado, and Cole Carter. It's going to be a lot of action, a lot of fun, a lot of chaos. Um, I'll go ahead and say I think Eddie Kingston wins the first match. These are pre-show. The first three are going to be pre-show matches. I think Eddie Kingston wins. I think the best friends are going to win. And then we will get Brian Cage versus Ricky Starks as part of a AEW World Championship Eliminator Tournament semifinal match. Um, this is hard because I got Ricky Starks as, as being a, a big player somewhere down the not-so-distant future. But... It bugs me that Brian Cage ends up jobbing out to other people all the time when he is a massive, massive human being and contender. Um, give me Brian Cage in that one. It, that that one hurts. Ricky, if you want to come on here and yell at me, you can. Uh, I'll take Brian Cage in a semifinal match there. Uh, first, first match on the actual pay-per-view will be Wardlow defending his AEW TNT Championship against Samoa Joe and against Powerhouse Hobbs. Um, I could make arguments with a lot of this. I don't think Hobbs has done enough to qualify himself as as a champion yet. I think he's on his way. Uh, but I could also say Wardlow retaining makes a lot of sense. I could also say that Samoa Joe retaining or, or winning makes a lot of sense because then he's double champ. Um, I'm going to go with that. I'm going to say Samoa Joe wins, and he will now be the AEW TNT champion, and he will also be the Ring of Honor television champion. I will go with that. The trios championships are going to be on, uh, not only on display, but on the line as Death Triangle, which is Pac, Penta, El Zero, Miedo, and Ray Phoenix will defend... Against the Elite, who are back. Cast Kenny Omega and the Young Bucks. Yes, it would make sense for them to return to win their belts back. But it would also make sense for Death Triangle to defeat them. 
and con- and continue with theirs. But they're starting to show they're starting to show Death Triangle kind of having some some internal issues here and there. So if the Elite won, it wouldn't surprise me. But you have six people. You talk about all the action. This is going to be insane. All the action you're going to see here. I'm going to say Death Triangle retains. Uh, up next, Jeff Jarrett and Jay Lethal are going to take on Sting and Darby Allen. No idea why Jeff Jarrett suddenly came back just to face Sting, but I guess he wanted to. Um, I'm going to say Sting and Darby Allen are going to win this one. Jeff Jarrett can still go for sure. Sting, we know, can still go. Uh, Sting is just on a different level in this latest run here where he just he'll just jump off of stuff and just it's crazy the kind of things he does. But uh, I will take Sting and Darby Allen in that one. Jade Cargill versus Nyla Rose. I'll be honest, I'm not a Cargill fan at all. Uh, but I don't like the angle where Nyla Rose took her belt and they're, they're kind of turning Jade into a into a face for some reason. Um, I don't know. This is so hard to pick. Um, at some point, somebody's going to beat Cargill. I don't know that it's going to be Nyla Rose this time. I'm going to say Jade Cargill. Luchasaurus versus Jungle Boy Jack Perry in a steel cage match. Obviously, it, unless Christian has some sort of underhanded thing that he does to help Luchasaurus, Jungle Boy Jack Perry is going to be the uh, winner of this one. And he, he has star written all over him. If they, I hate that they split him up from Luchasaurus, but I think it's because his singles run is going to be really really good and if you look at AEW and you say well they've got Darby they've got MJF they've got Ricky Starks they've got Jack Perry uh, people like that to build on going forward this company's in really really good hands because they're surrounded by talent that's going to make them better and they are already really really good but I'll take Jack Perry in a cage match uh, Dr. Britt Baker, DMD, is going to take on Soraya in a singles match. This is the first time Soraya has wrestled in many years because of uh, the neck issue. She, I guess, is healed enough to get cleared, which is fantastic. And I look forward to seeing these two because it seems like these two do have some sort of history. I don't know, good, bad, or indifferent. Um, but you got to think Soraya's going to win in her return somehow. So we will go with that. We will go with Soraya winning that one, even though I think Britt Baker could probably be better right now. But when Soraya gets back going on on, uh, all cylinders, she's a top contender. Uh, Chris Jericho is defending his Ring of Honor World Championship against Brian Danielson, Claudio Castanoli, and Sammy Guevara. If Jericho still has any juice in the the booking, then him or Sammy Guevara are going to win this. Um, what makes the most sense is for Danielson to probably win. But if Claudio wins and, and gets it back, I have no problem with that either. My pick, I'm going to say Brian Danielson wins the Ring of Honor World Championship. And then eventually we get Jericho versus Danielson to uh, determine it again. The acclaimed Anthony Bowens and Max Caster with Billy Gunn are going to take take on Swerve in our glory, Keith Lee and Swerve Strickland for the AEW Tag Team Championships. This should be a really, really good match. I think the acclaimed are going to retain. I think at some point they're going to sw- they're going to split up Keith Lee and Swerve Strickland again. And um, it wouldn't surprise me if one left the 
if one of them left the company at some point and potentially went back to WWE, and I think that could be Keith Lee. But uh, it should be a good match. The Acclaim needs some good wins to bolster themselves up. Uh, they've had some already. They're 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 gonna they're a really good tag team, and they're popular, which helps. Uh, Tony Storm is going to defend her interim AEW Women's World Championship against Jamie Hayter. I don't know why it's still interim at this point because Thunder Rosa's been gone long enough to where, or that, just just call it the Women's World Championship. And when she comes back, unify them. But she is going to face Jamie Hayter. Tony Storm versus Jamie Hayter. Two of my favorites in that company. But I'm going to pick the one I'm the more favorite of, and that's not my bias in my pick. I just think it's Jamie Hayter's time to be the world champion. And she absolutely deserves it. It sets up a lot of fresh matchups with people. And um, it, it also sets up a little bit of a rivalry with her and Britt Baker, and that would be fantastic. Give me Jamie Hayter to be the new women's world champion. Then John Moxley versus MJF. This is MJF cashing in his casino ladder poker chip for a world title match for the AEW World Championship. We all know that John Moxley has added stability to not only the company but to this belt since he won it back after all the uh, crazy chaos that did happen. And we all know that MJF uh, has uh, kind of went face on us and kind of starting to show us a, a different side of himself and that he is the big contender. And we know he held out for the longest time because of a contract dispute. And suddenly he came back and they said it was because of a lot of money and a lot of opportunity, including potentially being a world champion. If he built that into his contract, then God bless it. It's just so hard to do. Uh, but either way, I do think MJF is going to win. I do think he is going to uh, be world champion, but I'm going to throw this wrinkle in. I think he's going to win. He's going to win this matchup, but not win the title. You have to pinfall or submission to win the title. I think somehow, um, maybe it's a DQ, maybe it's a countout, maybe I don't know, something. There's going to be something that causes this to not be for the title or not be official like that but I think MJF wins I think it sets up a rematch somewhere down the road in the near future and I think that is when he will ultimately win the championship I don't think it's going to be I don't know they're in New Jersey he's from New Jersey maybe he does but either way MJF wins maybe he wins the belt tonight maybe he wins another time but that is my predictions for full gear tonight So, let's jump into the world of, let's do New Japan, right? Let's do a little New Japan. Uh, they, they had some really <laughs> bizarre matches, but uh, mostly because of the costumes that Tom Lawler was wearing. Uh, but they had Tom Lawler... Jarrell Nelson, Royce Isaacs, they are the West Coast Wrecking Crew, by the way. Um, Jay White. Let's see. Who all faced who here? 
You have Jay White, Juice Robinson, and El Fantasmo of the Bullet Club, who took on the Amazing Red, uh, Eddie Kingston, Homicide, Shota, Moxley, Yo, and Okada. This is one of their American Showcase matches, I'm pretty sure. Uh, Tom Lawler and his antics are hilarious. He was dressed up as a priest with like a wolf mask. Where Royce and Jarrell were dressed up as kind of other, I don't know, like not really nuns, but they were dressed up as like little religious helpers or something. Like it was, it was a little funny. Um, ultimately, though, the team of Amazing Red, Kingston, Homicide, Shota, Moxley, Yo, and Okada end up winning the match. But to showcase all 10, 11, 12, how many people were in that match, uh, was just. It was a good showcase of New Japan and how sometimes they can just have fun with a match that just doesn't mean anything. Uh, that moves us. I think that just leaves us to the WWE. So, as I said, they are gearing up for Survivor Series War Games that is going to be um, next weekend, right after Thanksgiving. And uh, we'll get more into that next week as we preview that card. But early on, uh, let's start with Monday Night Raw. We got to see the Usos and Solo Sokoa take on the New Day and Riddle. Uh, looks like Solo and Riddle could kind of get into something a little bit here as Solo did get the pinfall over Riddle. But that is a fun little, you get Usos and New Day, that's a, that's a good rivalry. Solo and Riddle, that's two up-and-coming guys that you're, you're trying to, to groom a little bit to be bigger down the road. Uh, it, was, it was a good match. All six of them know how to handle themselves. Um, the JBL Corbin stuff continued. It's, it's getting good. And it's, Corbin needed some sort of boost, and being mentored by JBL is something that could definitely help him out. He beat Cedric Alexander, who is a great performer, I believe, out of the Atlanta area, by the way. But um, it, it'll be interesting to see what they do with Corbin moving down the road. Seth Rollins did a open challenge for his belt. Uh, Judgment Day come down, the OC come down, Mia Yim come down. Looks like Mia Yim is gonna is not only back in WWE, but she is going to be facing off with Rhea Ripley to kind of even everything up, and Seth Rollins escapes. Uh, let's see. Otis versus Elias was a was a really really good match. Otis, people think he's just a big big power guy. The guy can do a lot of stuff. He's former amateur standout, uh, and him and Elias had a really good match. Of course, Elias was able to win that particular contest. Uh, Theory had a really good Austin Theory had a really good match with Shelton Benjamin, the returning Shelton Benjamin, and uh, of course Theory gets the win in that one. Good to see good to see Shelton back. Uh, I do think they have bigger things in store for Theory. I know I'm foreshadowing a little bit of what happened this week, but we will talk about that early next week. Um, the Miz took on Johnny Gargano in a really, really good match. When you get two technicians who go in there against each other, uh, just it's it's just really fun to watch as a wrestling fan. Of course, the Miz gets the win in that one. Uh, Nikki Cross. Beats Dana Brooks. She is now the 24-7 champion. 
whatever that means because it's kind of faded here lately. But, hey, Nikki Cross is a champion. Good for her. Um, finally, uh, Seth Rollins is set to take on Bobby Lashley. Uh, doesn't, doesn't really pan out. We get Rollins versus Theory, who, or after Rollins wins versus Lashley, by the way. Um, we get Rollins versus Theory, and Theory is cashing in his Money in the Bank briefcase. Now, this is the first time it's been cashed in on a non-world champion, but... Technically, nobody says you you couldn't do that. So Theory cashes in, and then Lashley gets mad about it and terrorizes Theory to where uh, Rollins gets the easy victory in that one. Uh, it, they had to get rid of the Theory briefcase one way or the other. I hate it for the for the kid that that it had to be so crazy, but that's just kind of how it goes. Just kind of how it works out sometimes. I do think it's gonna. Theory and Rollins and Lashley are going to be in some big battles uh, moving forward. That brought us to, let's go to SmackDown. The Usos defended their titles against the New Day. This was a, this could have been a pay-per-view main event. The Usos and the New Day are the two best teams they have right now. And um, it, it, I want this feud to continue, and I feel like it will. I mean, obviously, with War Games coming up, without me revealing lineups, it would make sense for each of them to be on different sides. But uh, as far as a tag division who is who is putting some good things together, I definitely like the, the Uso New Day thing. Um, they have a World Cup tournament coming up, and in one of the first opening matchups, you get... Shinsuke Nakamura versus Santos Escobar. This was a really, really good battle. Santos ends up with the win uh, with Legado del Fantasma as his backup. But I want to say this. I was thinking about Shinsuke the other day, and they're not going to get him too heavily involved in some things because in January he is going to be part of the Great Muda um, retirement tour, basically. In Japan, he's going to go over there and face Great Muda. He has been chosen to do so. WWE is letting him do that because they 1,000% don't have to. But they're letting him go do that. That's a fantastic nod. That's that's also showing because I think I want to say New Japan is the one putting that on. And for them to work in tandem with New Japan opens up some other lines for maybe some talent exchanges or maybe. Um, some signings. I think the way they see it that way. But I was also thinking about Shinsuke and uh, wondering how Rick Boogs was doing, recovering from his uh, knee issues and things like that. And um, if anybody has an update on Rick Boogs, would love to hear it because I, I think him and Shinsuke could do some really good things if they team back up. Looks like Bray Wyatt is going to be in a program with L.A. Knight soon because L.A. Knight was about running his mouth. Bray come along, and uh, L.A. Knight said some crazy stuff, and then Bray laid him out. That's going to be fun, because L.A. Knight is a great, great performer and wrestler, and Bray Wyatt is as well. Plus, he's got to face somebody out of the gate. Um, there was a big multi-woman match where it was Liv Morgan, Lacey... 
uh, Lacey, Sonya, Shotzi, Zaya, and Raquel. And it was all for the number one contendership for the uh, women's title on SmackDown. And Shotzi actually gets this win. Thought it was a fantastic nod to her. I look forward to her opportunity. She's a really, really good performer as well. And uh, it's it's cool that she's getting a little bit of a nod to get a bigger opportunity. Um, Braun ran over Gender. Gender's a good worker. Um, we got Zelina Vega and B-Fab that we're going to face off with each other as B-Fab had the rest of Hit Row with her and Legato Del Fantasma was, was with Vega. Then the Viking Raiders and Sarah Logan come down and ran over them all. I do understand the controversy with Sarah Logan that you guys are curious as to why uh, why she seemed to steal the look of of uh, I forget I think it's Abaddon, but there's a uh, somebody on the indie scene that that has almost that identical look, and I'm I'm a little curious about that as well. I would tend to think that sometime in the next couple of weeks we see Sarah Logan with a slightly different look because uh, that does look like a blatant rip of it. Uh, and then in the uh, the very end, we the Bloodline and the Brawling Brutes and Sheamus and even Drew McIntyre are all brawling it out. Uh, that's going to lead to the War Games matchup. And then finally, let's talk a little NXT. Uh, Gacy from Schism took on Cam. And Gacy gets the win. Uh, that's that's. I don't think Cameron Grimes is going to join them, but that little storyline has been pretty interesting. And um, Schism is is going to start doing some bigger things now that they are a four piece, including the Rock's daughter. There, I think we're going to see them evolve and do some other stuff. Um, that guy named Scripps, who has just done random, kind of weird messages kind of showed that he was taking over the board and just uh, kind of did some interesting little things there. Uh, I, I kind of want to see who this Scripps guy is now. It, before it was just, okay, it's just some guy leaving random messages. Now he's starting to kind of take over the boards, and I think he said he was going to show up this week, so we'll tune in this week and see what happens. Sol Ruka took on Electra Lopez, and uh, Sol Ruka is, is very new. And uh, she did okay, but Electra Lopez just had her way with her. And that was kind of... I, did, I didn't particularly like when they do that, when they take advantage of, of uh, inexperienced people. But Electra Lopez gets the win in that one. Alba Fire kind of did some stuff with Mandy Rose and J.C. Jane. Um, it, it, there's, there's some stuff we can get into with that, but uh, we'll get into that next week. Charlie Dempsey took on Andre Chase. Charlie Dempsey is the very much throwback wrestler uh, that has appeared here and there. I think he was injured, and he's finally come back. He beats Andre Chase when um, when Duke threw in the towel, which will be a whole different thing they will address this week. But uh, good for Dempsey. Um... Hank Walker took on Channing Stax Lorenzo. 
Uh, Hank Walker being the security guy that they've recently brought on as a wrestling talent. Most of those security guys are wrestlers anyway. They just decided to bring him in that way. Uh, Stax ends up with the win in that one. Um, J.D. McDonough took on Axiom. It, it kind of looked like Axiom got a, picked up a little bit of a knee injury towards the end, but I don't know if it was part of it, part of the work or not, that how relentless J.D. McDonough is. But McDonough gets the win there. The match just, it ended kind of weird. So either they've got good at at playing up non-injuries or there's an actual injury there. I uh, hope Axiom's okay either way. Brutus Creed got his five minutes with Damon Kemp, which made no real sense because it's usually just a five-minute fight, and instead uh, it ended in a DQ. Uh, Damon Kemp actually ended up with the win because of the DQ because Brutus used a chair pretty relentlessly. Pretty good shot there. Uh, then Sangha and Vera Mahan come down and pretty much laid them all out. Seem like they're going to be a team going forward, and I, and I like that tandem. I think they can do some big things. And then we got uh, Lions and Stark, who took on KC Squared for the championship titles. This was a really good match. It was going to anger me to no end if KC Squared dropped the titles to these two again, or dropped them. Because you have the best established tag team who are really, really good, and you have two random contenders that you stuck together because you didn't have anything better for them to do. In the end, KC Squared ends up with the victory in this one, and then Zoe Stark turned on Nikita Lyons at the end. That's going to be a fun feud. Now you get it. If you put these two together just so you could split them and have them face each other, well done. But I'm not giving you that credit. I'm thinking you come up with that on the last minute. But either way... Everything was just uh, everything was just fantastic. Everything went really, really well for all of them. And as we all know, NXT had uh, a super big week this past week. But we will talk about that on next week's show that I promise you guys will be um, in the uh, early part of the week. But that's going to do it for us here. On Strong Style, appreciate you guys tuning in. I am Jeremy the Impact York. We will see you guys early next week. Go watch wrestling. Go watch fighting. Deuces, gooses.